Welcome to the Decade of IIT podcast. I'm your host Tushar Sachdev, Chief Technology Officer at Core. As the internet of things moves from concept to reality and transforms crucial ways in which we live and work, we take a look at use cases from across industries to explore how it works, what creates success and what it means for the future. In each episode, we talk to an expert using IoT in different use cases to understand how they generate business value and to hear their thoughts on emerging trends shaping IoT. Join us as we go beyond the hype and explore real life applications and implications of this next technology revolution. My guest today is Michelle McKenzie from Analysis Mission. Uh, Michelle, welcome to the podcast. Hello, and thanks for inviting me. Michelle, you write about IoT, you write about, you know, cloud providers and their relationship to IoT. So let me first introduce you to the podcast. The primary aim of the podcast is talk about how IoT has matured, how we see 2020 to 2030 as the decade of IoT. Uh, and we invite, uh, you know, business leaders to talk about how they are uh, enabling and adopting IoT, mostly entrepreneurs who will talk about, you know, how they have, you know, done pretty cool things in the world of IoT. So to that extent, today's podcast is slightly different, right? You mm-hmm. get a very different perspective uh, on IoT, right? And uh, and we'll, we'll try to cover that. But let's start with maybe maybe a very simple one is uh, I read your recent article. You talk about sort of uh, building blocks of IoT, if we may, uh, if you may, right? So, so if somebody has to start building an IoT application, what are the big building blocks they think about, and then what are the uh, we'll talk about what are the various players there. So, why don't you touch upon that? Yeah, so um, in terms of, um, you know, the the recent piece of research that we've been doing, uh, we looked at um, the role of um, the connectivity providers, if you like, um, and their relationships with the hyperscalers, the public cloud providers. And, um, you know, you talk about um, building blocks. We, we as part of our research, we, we built a framework of uh, some of the sort of key areas where where the connectivity providers and the uh, cloud providers are collaborating, if you like. Um, so, you know, if you start with uh, connectivity, um, all of those sort of IoT devices need to be connected. Um, and as is very often the case these days, enterprises want their data delivered to their cloud provider. Um, so, so that's sort of one of the um, uh, key areas of, of the framework that we talk about. Um, but then once that data is there, you know, they may, the, the, well, they will, will want to um, analyze that data, uh, use that data to, to improve their business um, performances and so on. And so they'll be uh, looking at their IoT platform um, to do that. So that's another aspect um, of, of the framework. Um, and then, of course, there are um, other services. Um, you know, we're talking now about uh, private networks and edge computing. Um, and these are, are all areas that sort of come together 
um, to to deliver, if you like, a, a sort of more comprehensive um, IoT uh, service. So, so, so let's say I'm an entrepreneur. I'm starting to build, you know, an application to let's say do some uh, equipment monitoring. Uh, in an industrial setup, right? So I'll need some piece of hardware device. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I'll need connectivity. I'll need an application. I'll need an application platform to build an application. I'll need, I may need uh, edge computing and private networks like you talked about. Yes. Right? So, and then how different players play in that ecosystem is sort of, um, how your article splits it up, but let's 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 touch upon those two things, right? Because I think let let's educate the audience a little bit on what do you mean by a private network? Mm, yeah, that's a very good question. Um, so, with um, a private network, um, we are looking that at a cellular network, so a mobile network that is built specifically for an individual enterprise. Uh, and these networks are typically deployed on a single site. So that site might be a factory or it might be a mine. And the enterprise um, is using a, a private network is a dedicated network, an on-premise network that has its own radio, its own core network. So it's really for the sort of sole use of a single enterprise. So can I say it's a it's a better Wi-Fi, right? A more secured Wi-Fi, a more um, you know a yes, powerful that, Wi-Fi. Yes, right. that's right. So I think I think that sums it up quite nicely. Um, it's um, it's offering um, a, um, a sort of a level of service that is um, you know very much geared towards. Uh, companies, uh, sorry, use cases that that require, you know, high bandwidth or low latency um, or mobility, and some of those sort of attributes that that Wi-Fi might not be able to deliver. What is edge computing? We we've we've done this. I I have spoken at various forums on edge computing, but in your words, describe edge computing for the audience. Yeah, so edge computing is a term that's used to describe um, cloud-enabled application and data processing, but it's taking place at distributed locations that are, if you like, far closer to the the application data, far closer to the IoT um, application data than private and public cloud computing locations are today. Okay, so for example, there is a, there is a, a fleet that is going, so I live in Atlanta, so it's going in Atlanta and it's reporting data and the data needs to get computed and reported back very quickly, then that will happen either on the fleet itself or very close to where the fleet is so that it doesn't traverse all the way back to um, like an AWS in Arlington, Virginia, or someplace, uh, someplace else, right? So it's getting close, processed very close to the, to the action of generation of data. Correct. Yes, that's correct. And if you think about it in terms of in relation to private networks, 
well the factory owner may really um, see benefits in processing that data on site so now now let's bring in the the two players that you described right so the two players who are trying to sort of uh, enable this ecosystem or get people to um, easily build iot applications on one end are um, the aws the microsoft the googles of the world the public cloud providers or pcps like you call in your report mm-hmm. and on the other hand is the verizon the at&t the core the you know t-mobiles of the world which are which are coming from a different angle where they start with connectivity and then try to to give other services on top of it to that so how do you see each of them playing a role and then where is the opportunity to collaborate and and compete so talk talk first at the summary level and then we can maybe get into some of the areas that you mentioned in your report yes so um if i start with the um connectivity providers so uh, these could be the network operators as you said like Verizon um, uh, companies like core um, th- these companies um, very much um, offer the connectivity as the name suggests so that so they're providing um, you know the, the mobile connectivity and they uh, have traditionally um, provided mainly connectivity in the IOT market but uh, increasingly, uh, some of these companies are beginning to offer other types of services, if you like, further along the value chain. Uh, so they're offering some of the um, platform software type services, such as device management, for example, the data analytics. And in some cases, they're also looking to offer vertical specific um, services. Uh, so maybe, you know, applications data analytics that are particularly geared to say the healthcare sector um, so so that's on one side uh, we've got the the connectivity providers if you like and then we've got the public cloud providers and of course they come uh, they're, they're offering their um, um, compute services um, to support um, the uh, the the data um, that is being produced um, by those IoT devices in the field, uh, and you know they're offering services to different types of players, uh, infrastructure services, platform services, um, and so on in the IoT market. Um, so you can see that there's there's potential for the connectivity providers and the public cloud providers to compete directly. Um, but there's also potential for them to collaborate in this market. Uh, and that is really what the report I've written is about. Now, going back to the five or six areas you mentioned at the beginning of our, of our show, what are the areas where they could definitely com- compete, they could definitely collaborate, you know, and where there is a maybe, right? Mm. Because if I'm today thinking of developing um, uh, an IoT application, I'm an entrepreneur, I want to, you know, think about uh, a cool use case in connected health. Should I start with Verizon? Should I start with AWS? Should I start, you know, 
help me decipher where would I go for which kind of service? Yeah, yeah, it's a it's a very good question, and um, I think you know what our framework does is help map this out a little bit. So um, if we start with the um, sort of uh, one of the areas, and I've sort of already mentioned this a little bit, is about um, delivering your IoT data to the cloud. So increasingly, uh, what we see is that enterprises are, especially large enterprises, they're in the process of their digital transformation, and they're migrating some of their workloads to the cloud. And they want to do the same with their IoT data. Um, so, uh, one of the um, um, uh, requirements that connectivity providers need to take into account when speaking to their enterprise customers is that, that they may want some level of integration with a public cloud provider such as AWS or Azure so that the data can be delivered there. And this is um, an area that um, um, operators, connectivity providers really have to uh, deliver on in order to win that business. Um, and, you know, what they're looking to do is, um, in, in this case, uh, I would say that there's more scope for collaboration rather than competition. And connectivity providers can you know, start to perhaps differentiate that service a little bit by supporting um, delivery of the IoT data to multiple clouds, for example, uh, and, and develop an orchestration platform to, to enable that. So, so that's one example of our framework where, where we see it's, it's more uh, on, a, on a level of collaboration rather than competition. However, if you look at the sort of IoT platform service area, um, this is a particularly interesting area, and I would say that this is um, this is an area where it's definitely more competitive. Some uh, connectivity providers have uh, aspirations, or some indeed are already offering uh, some of those platform services device management, analytics, and so on. Um, but also the public cloud providers are able to offer some of those services as well. So there's real potential for, for competition there. However, we are seeing some of the connectivity providers uh, really looking at the benefits as well of using public cloud infrastructure um, and platform services uh, to build their own platforms. And that's because uh, going down that route can offer them uh, certain advantages in terms of cost savings, um, t time to market, faster time to market, um, more scalable solutions and so on. First of all, uh, uh, great points because I have been um, I have been in the middle of this trying to sponsor a partnership between us and the cloud providers um, and, and actually actively working on that, right? And we've, we've discovered that there's a lot that can be done together, like you, like you said. And I can cite a few examples, right? For example, authentication on the cloud, right? Mm -hmm. uh, we've, uh, there's a way to simply do it using um, using a certificate exchange through a SIM card, right? And that that it, that eases your device authenticating on the cloud 
rather than trying to tie the certificate process to the manufacturing cycle mm-hmm. or um, data brokering, right? The cloud providers are tuned to a certain type of protocol, whereas the device talks in a different language. So brokering that protocol uh, can be done um, by um, you know the operators or the operators technology team. Then that enables easy transition of porting of data. But I mean, the fact is, if somebody wants to develop or starting to develop an IT application, their first choice will be the cloud because they will go there and start developing it. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, so 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 now let's 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 uh, let's talk about. Uh, the the other side of the story, right? The other side of the story is, uh, while on one hand they potentially could compete with each other, on the other hand they need each other more than ever, right? For example, uh, the largest operators uh, uh, in the U.S. have a huge uh, uh, vendor called Microsoft or AWS because there's a huge footprint sitting of their own internal infrastructure mm-hmm. uh, on these providers. For example, uh, there was a recent announcement that um, AT&T will operate its uh, private network infrastructure um, on uh, on Microsoft, right? So those are, those are the other partnerships that are developing where they are running their business or, or at least part of their business on the cloud. Mm-hmm. So talk, yeah. talk about a little, little bit on that side of the house. Yeah, um, so I think that's a very good point, and we see that increasingly as uh, we move to 5G. Um, and I think, you know, in terms of IoT, uh, IoT is still a very small part of an operator's business today. Um, you know, if we're talking about the large network operators such as, you know, AT&T, etc., it's, you know, AT- IoT is is a very small part. But um, what, they're, what they are now looking at for their IoT business as well is um, using um, public cloud um, infrastructure to support the, the um, as a foundation for their IoT network. So operators, connectivity providers, they've traditionally served the IoT connectivity market using legacy physical infrastructure. And that, of course, is CapEx intensive and it's quite costly to deploy in new geographies. So for an IoT provider that wants to provide a service across different countries, uh, you know, that that's obviously um, um, an expensive and and challenging uh, area, a service area for them. So cloud architecture is emerging as a more efficient option um, upon which they can build and accommodate, for example, their core network functions. And um, in doing this, it allows them to accelerate their time to market um, for new geographies. Um, you know, we hear that you, they report that it's it's lowering their capex, and so there are very um, obvious advantages in doing in doing this. Now, of course, this service area um, differs perhaps a little from the other service areas that I mentioned as part of our framework, because this is very much an internal consideration. 
for connectivity providers. It doesn't directly affect their enterprise customers, uh, although it does indirectly in, in terms of, of costs and so on. Um, but it, yeah, it definitely relates to the points I've mentioned about CapEx um, efficiencies. Um, and I think, you know, a, a, a lot of the um, connectivity um, players are looking at going down this route now. Um, uh, also, one point I didn't mention is that s some of these platforms can help the connectivity providers address some of the regulatory issues. Um, so depending on the country where, where you want to offer a service, there may be a regulation in place that um, um, prohibits um, permanent roaming, for example. Right. Um, and in, in those cases, you need to work with a local provider. And having a, a cloud-based um, uh, um, you know, core network infrastructure platform, um, that, that enables um, that a lot more easily than some of the uh, sort of more traditional approaches. Yep, agreed. And it also helps with data localization, where there are you know data privacy rules and helps yep. helps address those gaps as well. And we've seen that, uh, for example, in Brazil, in um, in some of the other countries like India, Turkey, right, where where you have to keep the data local and having. Um, easy cloud deployment can can help the operators. Yes. So so let me ask you now from from the lens of an entrepreneur, right? So if I am choosing, um, uh, I am building my IoT solution. Now I have the task of choosing a connectivity provider. Could be could be for the whole of um, the country, or could be a global provider. What will the questions that I will ask uh, of them in terms of their um, cloud partnership, right? And what should I sort of run as a checklist saying, okay, you should have these things for me to make sure you are the right partner for me. Yeah, it's a good question. I think, um, you know, so one of the first things is is where that data, uh, the IoT data uh, from those devices needs to be delivered to, um, you know, which are the main cloud providers that uh, enterprises are working with. Um, so that, you know, they will be looking um, for a connectivity provider to be able to provide that support, that level of integration, um, so that they can have their data delivered uh, to their cloud provider. Um, so that's that's sort of um, probably um, one of the most sort of uh, important or immediate questions that um, that they would uh, need to look at. Um, I think in terms of being able to um, provide um, service in certain countries, and you've you've mentioned some of them, um, you know, Brazil, etc. Um, you're looking for a connectivity provider that you know understands, um, is aware of, um, and has solutions in place to overcome some of those challenges with delivering. Uh, to countries where they may be um, sort of more uh, um, challenging, uh, more challenging regulatory environment. Um, so um, understanding how they can overcome some of those challenges. Um, 
I think I think the thing is here that you know, as an entrepreneur, as a, as a company that's uh, looking for a connectivity provider, uh, they may not need. Um, all the level of detail about um, you know how the how the service is being delivered, but they need reassurances about the the fact that the service can be delivered in those countries. Yeah, and I would add maybe even things like how easy it is. Uh, what are, how are you facilitating the data transportation? Right? How easy do you make uh, data porting onto? onto an AWS or a Microsoft as I need it or a, or a Google as I need it, right? Because mm-hmm. because the, the more I have to do or the less I have to do, the better for me because it's been taken care of, right? So, so I would look for that as well. Yes, I totally agree. I think it needs to be sort of smooth integration um, and, uh, uh, um, you know, something that the connectivity provider takes care of and the uh, customer doesn't have to worry about. So any final thoughts on, you know, how this space is emerging uh, and, you know, what we should watch out for? Well, I think in in terms, I think we're going to see more of this. So, um, you know, definitely more integration, um, more collaboration um, between the public cloud providers and the connectivity providers. Um, And I think in terms of the... Um, you know, we've seen a whole raft of announcements over the last couple of years. Sometimes it's been difficult to see exactly uh, what what the announcement means, what it's offering, what the level of collaboration is. Uh, so what we've done with our report is try to dig a bit deeper uh, to understand to understand that. Um, and as I say, put together this uh, framework for understanding it. Michelle, thank you for being part of the program. Thank you. Thank you for joining us for the Decade of IoT podcast. Join us next time for another use case, another industry expert, and another insight into IoT. Until then.